Hey, you guys want to uh, grab a beer? Oh, always. S- sounds good to me. All right, I got a spot. Hourglass yeah. Brewing in Longwood, Florida. I don't know. Now, listen, Doug, I know you're from out of town. This is the place I go for all my local craft beer. Delicious, 40 beers on tap. And the best part is it's a haven for nerds like me, like you. Yeah, the 240-seat Longwood Tap Room. They stock that with nerd nostalgia, video games, board games, cornhole boards. They even have a dog-friendly patio. You can't beat that. I absolutely love it. I mean, I feel like I know this this uh, establishment just from Eric's Instagram and Facebook because he's there a lot. Um, they support his art and the local artists in the area. And uh, I'm excited. The first time I get back down to Florida with these two guys, uh, we're heading over there. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Yes, the art, the arcades, the pinball machines. There is uh, literally an homage painted on the wall to uh, Rick Moranis and Spaceballs. I mean, what more can you ask for in a brewery? Hourglass Brewing, Longwood, Florida. Uh, Check it out. Go there. They are sponsors of the show. They support us. Go support them. Welcome back to Masters of the Cinematic Universe, talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, part three, the finale of this uh, fucking masterpiece, if I can Can I say that? Yeah, I'd, I agree with it. Yes. Yeah. Five out of five. No, just kidding. Um <laughs> So we're back at the uh, Foot Clan. We're back at Hourglass Brewing in Longwood. <laughs> and uh, Danny's there. He discovers Splinter, who's beat up and he's chained up. And even in that state, Splinter can tell there's something going on with this kid. And he speaks to him on a level that Danny was frankly not expecting. He offers him guidance and advice and tells him heartbreakingly that all fathers care for their sons. Uh, despite Danny's anger towards his own father. Uh, The Turtles, again, they just had this vision of Splinter, so they decide to go back to New York to rescue him. They go back to the lair, and who do they find there when they get there but fucking Danny, hiding in a closet like an asshole in a Sid Vicious (laughs) t-shirt. He tells April that he ran away from his father, but he will go back to him if he could just spend the night in the sewer with them for one night. Like, don't call him. Just let me crash and I'll go back. They all agree to let him stay. And April shows um, one of the drawings she did while they were at the farm of, uh, of Leonardo. He, he actually asked if he can keep it, which was weird, but okay. Uh, in the middle of the night, he wakes up and he leaves. Uh, but Casey, who's sleeping outside in the truck because he had a fear of enclosed spaces, <laughs> which uh, initially he thought that Donatello was calling him gay. Was, yeah, that was. Uh, it's like, yeah. I've never even looked at another dude. Uh, again, a 90s movie. Also, you know, like um, a, isn't the truck in closed space? Yeah, but he opens the window. It was. A oh, okay. He's like, fuck, he's right. And he opens the window. Um, Look, I know there's closets in that house and I'm not going in there because I'm not getting in the closet so I don't have to come out of it. Yes, exactly. Never even fucking looked at it. So he follows Danny back to Hourglass. And uh, the only reason Danny went back there is to seek Splinter out again. All this good advice he's got and shit. And he wants to let him know that the turtles are there or whatever. Um, 
Gacy follows him in and he's doing the thing. He's doing the Star Wars thing where he knocks out a foot soldier and steals his outfit, a la Stormtrooper, or the Indiana Jones thing where he dresses like a Nazi. You know, you've seen it before. It's great. It's just another Star Wars notch on the belt of this movie. Um, Danny goes to Splinter, who tells him of his time living in Japan with his master Yoshi. What happened was, and they filmed all of this in in, uh, Super 8. So it looks different than the 35 millimeter that you're watching. I don't know why I said millimeter like that. Um, that's that's very Brooklyn to I me. Mean, the millimeter. Um, I like calling it a millimeter. Millimeter. So on on this cool like you know superimposed super eight footage, you see this dumb rat puppet <laughs> doing karate in a cage, and it's so stupid. I love it. Um, he's imitating his master's practices of ninjutsu. Um, and he tells him the story of how Yoshi competed with a man named Oroku Saki. Oroku Saki. Both of these men were in love with the same woman. Her name was Yang Chin. But Chin only loved Yoshi. And uh, instead of seeing him fight for a hand, she convinced him to flee with her to America. But Saki followed them and killed them both in a fit of rage. Uh, but the rat escaped from his cage and all of the kerfuffle and he left at Saki's face and, and, you know, scarred the shit out of him. I mean, just tore his ass. Oh, yeah, it was deep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what did Saki do? He swung at the rat and, and chopped his ear off before disappearing. This doesn't track for me, but yeah. You know, like imagine he's, he's just got his face clawed off and he cuts off this rat's ear and he's like, yeah, no, no. We're, we're even yeah, like, we're fucking even. he would have stopped the shit out of that thing <laughs> or just chopped it in half yeah um danny asked him like whatever became of this Saki guy and splinter says he no one really knows but you are wearing the emblem or whatever he says basically he's wearing his logo on his headband and yeah. that's when you make the connection like oh shredder is the guy I'm like that's okay got it um Shredder discovers the two of them talking, asking where Danny's been, and then, you know, does some sort of like Jedi mind trick shit on him and tells him, I know you're hiding something. And he puts his blade over his over his face and down to his pocket and he pulls the drawing out and sees the turtle. Um, so he knows. And it was a it's cool, it was a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um he gets his forces together. He tells Tatsu. We didn't mention Tatsu, but he's like his, you know, his number one goon. Um, tell him to kill the rat. And when Danny hears this, he rushes back to where he runs into Casey and explains that they have to rescue Splinter. So they get him out of his chains, but they're stopped by Tatsu and a team of ninjas. Um, meanwhile, Foot's out there ambushing the turtles in their hideout, but they're surprised by sneak attack. The turtles fiercely fight back and they bring the conflict to the streets above where they eventually wind up on a rooftop as they fight Casey engages Tatsu in one-on-one combat and manages to overpower him in a very fun way with the golf club. Yep. You know, and I always thought golf was such a boring sport. I know. Exactly. What? Why was he Rodney Dangerfield? I was thinking that too. He sounds kind of like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> oh, whoa. Um, <laughs> 
no respect. The dress had any more pockets in it. I think she was a pool table. <laughs> <laughs> I get no respect. Uh, <laughs> Except when I do cocaine. <laughs> Boy, I did a lot of cocaine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Casey beats Tatsu with a, with a golf club. And he gives a sort of little motivational speech to the kids. Like, you call this family? Like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. And that's where you get to really see Sam Rockwell shine. Yeah. yeah. Great actor. That's what I'm saying. Sam Rockwell gave that scene more than it deserved. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. really, you see the, the anguish in his face when he's like, oh, my God, this yeah. isn't a real family. Like he, No, but he gave us home. Yes. You know, yes. and the, yeah, it, yeah, it was mm-hmm. a cool thing. It was good. It was good. Other than um, Sam Rockwell was a little fucking teenage peach fuzz on his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we, you know, we got Splinter back. We got Casey and Danny escaping from Hourglass and uh, we're on the rooftop with the turtles and out of nowhere appears the shredder the big bad who engages the turtles in combat but this motherfucker is a bad dude he is he's you know he's not playing around and he kicks their ass all over this roof um in fact this is really the last dialogue clip i have if you want to hit this this is uh facing the shredder on the rooftop Does anybody have any idea about who or what this is? <laughs> I don't know, but I'll better never ask to look for a can opener. <laughs> you fight well in the old style, but you've caused me enough trouble. Now you face the Shredder. The Shredder? <laughs> uh, maybe all that hardware's for making coleslaw. I got him. <laughs> so yeah they <laughs> they do their turtle shick which yeah, is they, funny they don't got them <laughs> they do not got them they do not got them um, yeah like I said they get knocked the fuck around and uh, the only thing that really motivates them eventually is just the knowledge that this motherfucker knows where our dad is and you know it, it's a cool fight scene it really is um, but Shredder gets the upper hand against Leonardo when he rushes him and in anger and basically tells him like throw your weapons down or I'm killing this motherfucker so they all throw their weapons and we see the nunchucks Michelangelo's nunchucks kind of wrap themselves around the uh, fire escape ladder there um, and Splinter basically tells him like you dumb motherfuckers like, <laughs> Not only am I going to kill him anyway, but now I'm going to kill all of you. And before he can do it, who shows up but Splinter? Um, Splinter shows up and, you know, speaks to Shredder, but calls him his true name, Oroku Saki. And you can see Shredder shook, you know, behind that Mm -hmm. mask. He's like, how the fuck do you know my name? And he, you know, gives him a little backstory about how you killed my, you know, 
you killed my brother. <laughs> no, you killed my uh, my owner. And, you know, Shredder puts it together that that was the rat. And he says, I'm going to finish what I started with your fucking ear. <laughs> um, charges at him. But, you know, Splinter is no slouch in the ninja department. And uh, basically Shredder charges him with a Yari. It's like this stick with a spike on it. But uh, Splinter flips him over the roof using that that discarded nunchuck that Michelangelo threw. And he uses the coil of the nunchuck to hold him by the Yari over the edge of the roof. And, you know, he's lecturing at him, basically, <laughs> as, as splinters want to do. But Shredder's going behind his back for a knife so that he can kill this fucking rat once and for all. And he throws it, but Splinter lets go of his grip to catch the knife causing Shredder to fall into the compactor of a garbage truck, which Casey has parked conveniently below. He flips a switch and the hydraulic door closes, crushing the Shredder. And, uh... You got a little too much enjoyment out of that, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, this motherfucker... Casey is, enjoyed that shit. Yeah, he's just waiting to murder somebody. He's He's been ultra-violent this yes, movie. Yes, Exactly. Ultra violent and sexist. <laughs> yeah, when, when can I just fucking murder one of these guys? Um, the turtles reunite with Splinter as police arrive on the scene, and they question the remaining foot members. One of which, of course, is our man Sam, who will reveal where all the stolen goods are kept. And a little Easter egg, he sends them to the warehouse. I think he says on Lairdman or something like that. It was a combination of. Uh, Eastman and Laird's names as a little yes. nod to the creators of the uh, Ninja Turtles. Um, April prepares to run a final update on the story when the news crews arrive and she gives Casey a celebratory kiss. The turtles cheer, even though they all wanted to tap that. Um, <laughs> but they cheer and they exchange slang exclamations before Splinter says that his favorite has always been Kawabunga. A turtles unanimous, unanimously agree and cheer as Splinter laughs, saying I made the funny. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And the film comes to a end. And that's it, man. That is Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, again, incredibly adult feeling kids movie in fact so dark that i believe they they fired the director of this movie like in post really i think if i'm not mistaken somebody saw what this cat was doing they're like what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) what are you what are you doing like they were really scared of of kind of rating they would get and and you know the reach like the appeal of this movie um it's not like the cartoon, so it's kind of like, well, it, we're gonna lose our ass in this fucking thing. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's. Uh, I'll give you guys some quick trivia before we wrap it up. Uh, we talked about it before, but Corey Feldman was only paid fifteen hundred U.S. dollars for this movie. Um, total, that's it. Um, originally, one of the early ideas floated for this movie was that it would be like roger rabbit where the turtles were animated and the real people were real people however they quickly realized that this was bullshit and a stupid idea um 
And finally, uh, interestingly enough, oh yeah, it was um, Laird Men in East was what they said at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, I'll leave you with this. Um, Pizza Hut engaged in a $20 million marketing campaign tied to the film, despite the fact that they ate Domino's pizza in the movie. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. So they didn't really eat pizza at all. Is what you're saying. Yeah, no, they were in New York and they ate the two shittiest pizzas you can, you can get. Yeah. So guys, um, we've, we've gone on this journey. There's only one thing left to, to do when it comes to Ninja Turtles. Yep. I am a movie critic by trade, and until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. If the movie stinks, just don't go. You love me. Really love me. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? All right, guys. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Joe, I'd like to start with you. Where do you land with this thing? What say you? All right. So I uh, have always liked this movie. I remember as a child, it was a giant part of my, uh, you know my like growing up so it, you know it's always been there for me um i hadn't watched it in a long time so it was kind of cool to revisit it again and still held up pretty damn good too i gotta say like i wasn't disappointed in it like i wasn't i was thinking like okay this is gonna be fun i'm gonna ruin a childhood movie of mine that i really liked i'm gonna yeah. watch it again it's not gonna be good but uh no yeah no i was i was pretty uh pretty happy with it um not much of it I would really change. Uh, I still think it's a great movie. Um, you know, it's it's not going to be one of my like top-rated movies of all time just because, it, it, you know, it is what it is. It's a product of the type of movie it is and, you know, it's time frame. But I'm still going to go probably like a 4.2 on it. Damn, that's a high score, man. I, I, I still think it's a great nice. movie. Hell yeah. Yeah. I respect the shit out of your high score. And I'm glad I didn't know where I honestly did not know if you had even seen this movie before we did. this. (laughs) So I'm, I'm happy that it was as, you know, integral in your childhood as it was mine. Doug, your rating, your rating is the one I was most concerned about. (laughs) How do you feel about this? I understand that. I, I get it because I can go either way with things, but I mean, so I'm an outsider looking in on this. You know, I have no real connection to it. But as I said in the beginning, this movie is solidly made. And I appreciated the darkness of it. We just touched on that with the director. But 
you know, I expected more of a kids movie and I got a friggin' pretty dark, you know, I mean, think about it. It's as dark as 89 Batman. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. and, I, and maybe that's what he was going for. I don't know, but um, it's well paced. It's well put together. So I, I got nothing bad to say about the damn thing. I, I you know, it, CG wise for the money, it keeps up with everything of that time. So, I mean, I, you got a solid 4.0 from me, man. Oh, nice. Man. Nice. Yeah. That is cool. That is so cool. Yeah, I can't. There's not There's not a thing I can shit on this movie. Like, seriously. So. I, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm in the boat where, like I said, it's, it's such a key component to my childhood. Like the memories around this movie coming out and just being so enthralled with it that it's as hard as any movie we've done to be objective about because, you know, it was just that thing. It was like fucking, you know, everything I ever wanted delivered on a platter, you know? Um, but I agree with you. Like, even if I take myself outside of that and watch it, like it's, it's a really solidly made film. Um, I think the budget helped it, man. The fact that it was low and the fact that it was rubber suits and the fact that it was like mm-hmm. dark and that it was lit in a, you know, sort of gritty way, like all of that helps it. Um, it's not like a bubblegum kids movie in any way. Um, so all of those things score points. The acting is good where it needs to be good. Like, you know, um, with your human actors, yep. um, and even the the guys in the suits really sell it, man. Like it's just it's hard. It's just a hard. Uh, imagine being up against that wall. Like you got to strap this seventy pounds of rubber on you and just take it. Just fucking. Wow, know. wow! <laughs> I got that guy talking about getting dark. That fucking phrase just got dark. I thought I thought for sure Joe was Joe was going to jump in <laughs> on that one. Um, nope, not let it go. Wow, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all in all for me, I think that this gets a four point four out of five. Nice. Um, it's a really high score for me. Um is some of that like childhood? Yes. Um, but it's crafted in a really unique way. And that's why I'm gonna rate it so high. I recommend it to anybody. Yeah. Um yeah, if you've not seen it, check it out. It's a much better kids movie than a lot of the stuff that oh, yeah. has been made since. A hundred percent. And uh, yeah, that's where I land on it, guys. High rating, fucking yeah. a. Go so ninja, I, go ninja, go. I got a couple things that I didn't you know because I was just went off on so many tangents. Um, looking through the cast list, right? Mm-hmm. So in the uncredited section, we've got three, two solid like known actors in in very early roles we got scott wolf yep. from party of five. Oh shit and we got skeet ulrich from uh scream really yeah and i don't know if you did you kids grow up in the pete and pete yep yes and pete and yes pete? so rick gomez who played like the kind of bully of pete and pete mm-hmm. he's in that too what? as an uncredited thought I know him more from Band of Brothers. He played George Lusk, and he was amazing. But oh, okay. um, those three dudes are in this, and like very, very early on, if not like their first roles. Yeah, that's really cool. And then the other thing is 
I'm kind of, it's, it's, I'm all, it's almost, I'm almost not an outsider with this only because, so the total geek in me, right? I'm a big World of Warcraft fan. I've been playing it since 2009. In one of the like cities that all the players hang out in, there's, there's sewers under the city. Uh-huh. And cool. in the sewer, they have a, turtle air? a rat, not a big rat, but like a regular rat. And he's, he's talking to four turtles that are sitting in the water <laughs> as a nod. Because there's so many nods in World of Warcraft to so many genres and so many different movies and comics and everything. But yeah, there's a there's a a direct, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle call out in World of Warcraft. I'm trying to find a picture. I'll send them in the chat. Oh, that's cool, man. So yeah, you know, so I have a little connection there anyway. So I'll I'll mention too. I know I said during the episode there was some deleted scenes you could find, give you a little bit of context. Um, the first one is is the turtle wax joke. So. April April and Casey's reaction to that joke was supposed to be one of relief because it was after he goes through severe depression, he, he destroys a punching bag and part of the barn's uh, wall. So this is his personality coming back and they kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Like, okay, Michelangelo's back. Um, There's an extended training sequence where Leonardo proves a point by turning his mask around and fighting blindfolded, which was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, there's scenes of the turtles training on their own, trying to master Leonardo's techniques. There's a lot with April and Casey, um, you know, that sort of like fleshes out their love story. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a cool one. It's like a game of ninja hot potato where the turtles have an apple and whoever's holding the apple has to defend against the other three while they take a bite out of it. And so there's the scene later where Raph, finishes an apple after defeating the foot clan and it's just a callback to that moment so no, just cool. just little you know yeah. fun little things oh uh, speaking of the mass real quick um is it because of the quality of the version that we watched that like two of the masks look the same fucking color or like raf's mask and i don't know who the other one is it's like is it orange and red orange and red yeah all yeah. right because they look really really similar blue purple blue. orange and red it was like tough for me to to differentiate between them. Sometimes. I think it was I think it was probably always tough. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. Like, right. It's like you know what colors like look color. almost the same. Well, I, mean, I understand they couldn't do green because the fucking turtles. Are green, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, they're I don't know. Anyway, it's just a little nitpick. I'm being a dick. <laughs> well, the turtles all had red masks originally like in the comic books and then when when it became popular and they needed to make cartoons and stuff they're like no no no, we gotta sell more toys so like different these motherfuckers up quick no exactly i mean (laughs) you're catering the kids at that point with the cartoon you gotta make it easy for them to separate them so yeah different color masks make sense so absolutely well we're we're all on the same page with this one we uh we have some people though that we gotta thank oh crap yeah we do we got some mo of them we got some mo people to think we'll start with him uh thank you so much to show sponsor mo dewitt and dewitt law if you're injured on the go just call mo if you have legal questions just call mo um if you get slapped by a ninja in the subway please fucking pick up the phone call the police first but then call mo because right. nobody deserves that kind of no, treatment. Yeah. 
any karate related injuries like fucking you know mutant kicks you throws a side at you or something that's that's all within i think a reasonable you know right. call to the place gets burned down by a bunch of ninjas call yeah. mao i mean he can handle that totally totally um, if you're hanging out at Hourglass Brewing and somebody, you know, does a nolly <laughs> off of the quarter pipe and, and slaps you upside the head with the skateboard, call Mo. <sighs> wow, so this is a very relatable Mo movie. It's a moment. The Mo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you again, Michael and Mo. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm we got Mo some other- Angelo. Oh, <laughs> we got some other people to thank. Um, these fine folks, they give us some money every month uh, to help keep things running. And we love them for it. We appreciate them for it. Uh, so we're going to read their names and then we'll tell you how you would be like them and get your names read and help us and, you know, appreciate us because it's really nice. So we'll start off with our founding member, Hannah Christ. Uh, we've got my good friend Peter Biacco, who has sent us some cool Disney World pictures in the uh, chat. Yeah, I don't know he's why he didn't tell me he was coming. I could have gone and hung out with him. I know. Yeah, he's having a great time. He's got, a, I don't know, he's down there with like 15 people. <laughs> so he's, he's got a pretty full schedule, but he does that every every couple of years. Uh, him and the family head down there with it. Yeah, let me know next time. I'll come I'll come hang out. Yeah, no, he's a, Pete's a great guy. Uh, so thanks, Pete. Uh, from the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast, um, I'm wearing a plain leather pilot shirt. I know they don't exist, but I'm repping the boys tonight. Uh, Mr. Brian Gower. Uh, we've got our co-host from the Just Surprise Me podcast, Mr. Will Ahu. Uh, and extra from the Signal Path podcast, pardon me, the Like My Pedals podcast. <laughs> Texas State Bottle Champ podcast, Texas Size 10 Four podcast, Mr. Tony DeGraw, who posted a cool pick with one of my pedals on the board today that made me feel good. Um, next, we've got uh, Michael McVeigh, fellow Tennessean to Will Lehu, and a fine guy. Uh, we've got Adam El Sayed, uh, friends, a friend of Eric's. And uh, Mr. Michael Van Zandt, who's also a cool dude. He bought one of my pedals, and he's just a really nice guy. Last, but definitely not least, we got Mr. Hugh Direction. Thank you, Mr. Direction. We appreciate your patronage. Speaking of patronage, you can find the Patreon on www.patreon.com backslash M-O-T-C-U. So if you do listen all the time, I know we've been a little hit or miss. You know, Joe's been great getting ratings episodes out and stuff, but we're back on it. Everybody's cool. So if you listen, a buck a month, you know, I mean, that'd be cool. That'd help us and make you feel good. Yeah. And uh, we'll leave it at that, but we appreciate it. We appreciate you listening, regardless of whether you're contributing or not. It's cool that you listen because, like, it blows my mind personally <laughs> when I hear that we have people download this show and getting into it. It's really cool. So that's I all I got. And and jump in that Facebook group and just uh, mix it up with us, man. You know, even yeah. if you're not a, a Patreon person, you know, just just uh, meme your heart's content in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. Um, that's it. That's all we got, Joe. Yeah. I got one last clip for you. But it's not really dialogue heavy. It's more music heavy. And let's let's end with that. Well, there is a little bit of a dialogue in the beginning of it, but I'll play that first. Yeah. Just because I had just, to leave it in here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
And detectives are furious because they can't find the source of this lethally evil force. This is serious, so give me a quarter. I was a witness, get me a reporter. Call April O'Neil in on this case. Hey, you better hurry up, there's no time to waste. We need help like quick on the double. Have pity on the city, man, it's in trouble. We need heroes like the Lone Ranger when Tonto came pronto. When there was danger, they didn't say we'd be there in half an hour because they displayed turtle power. Yes, man. And with that, we will say to you, fine folks. Light. Camera. Fuck off. Hey, guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh, yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you, though? Listen, guys, we, we need your help. Uh, to help keep the lights on, as they say, uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to just like pbs um you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch uh depending on the tier that you sign up for oh we got all the tiers oh yeah you can either be a friend of the show a friend with benefits we just we could start to get serious or you could just put a ring on it already yeah and if you uh if you exceed that amount uh you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if if you want Not safe for your eyes, picks in my case, but not safe for anything, picks. Yeah, but yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way, from stickers to T-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah, the yeah. tiers started at a dollar, a dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it. Yep, one buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So come on, that's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal! Yeah, guys, right? check it out again. Patreon.com/slash motcu. And then enjoy this week's movie. <laughs> 